Hey guys, welcome to the Music Workflow Academy podcast. Super guest today. We've got one of our biggest guests. We've got Charlotte Devani on the podcast. So welcome, Charlotte. How are you today? Hey, how you doing? Hey, big up, big up. So I'm sure some of the listeners will know about Charlotte. She hit 2.4 million streams in over 170 countries last year on Spotify. So she's absolutely crushing it. Been in the scene, you know, doing bits played with Garage Nation, which is where I started raving. <laughs> so she's she's been about, she, she does uh, stuff with Pyro Radio, for those that know about the drum and bass. So that's my intro. Let us, let us know a little bit more about yourself, Charlotte. And um, what's happening, music workflow? Um, how you doing? I'm Charlotte Devaney. So a little bit about me. I am a DJ, artist, producer. I've done acting, modelling, dancing in the past as well. Um, I've worked with Snoop Dogg. Plus many, many, many other artists, uh, Lady Leisha, Fat Man Scoop, Riff Raff, Rich the Kids, had platinum selling single in a few countries, toured the world as a DJ, been in Hollywood films. Yeah, a lot of stuff. Pyro Radio, which I'm doing at the moment. I've got one of the biggest shows on the station um, with over 5 million views in the last few months. What else? Yeah. Um, Spotify. Yeah, I've this year had 2.4 million streams. Music, I've been making music for over 10 years, been DJing for over 10 years. Um, also worked behind the scenes as a manager um, and involved in loads of stuff. So, so yeah. That's so cool. It must be amazing to reel off all of those accomplishments. It must be. Yeah, that's what I can remember anyway. I've done, I'm doing lots of things and, you know, I've been plugging away for a, a long time. Um, and yeah, the industry is, it's not easy, but I love it. You know, that's it. <laughs> we'll, we'll start with that. Let's let's get into industry. It's something I like to discuss. Okay. Podcast. What are like your favorite things about the industry? What are your least favorite things? How, have you um, had any good experiences and anything bad or just... just my start? favorite things. We'll start with favorite things because I always like to, you know, start with positive stuff. <laughs> um, favorite things is that I get to do a job that I love and I'm very blessed to to be able to do that you know as much as I've worked very hard over the years to get where I am um, I'm still blessed after being in the industry for a long time to do a job that I love pay my bills with that you know so that's that's the main plus point what else I mean that that was the, that was a big answer really that's it I mean I, I love being creative I love music and the fact that I get to do it full time is just yeah it's, it's it's a blessing because there's so many people out there that are trying and have to work, you know, second, third jobs to, to support their passions. So congratulations to you. You're one of the very few that's yeah. hustled. <laughs> you know, I'm sure you've had to grow your skill set in, in multiple different ways and evolve. Like you sound like quite similar to me in some ways. You've got your fingers in all the pies, like yeah. Hollywood films, you've done modeling, you've done, you know, you do ra- you do radio. So where can everyone catch your pyro show? What what day is that? So my my pyro shows um so I started out on pyro years oh. ago when I first started out in the industry and over the years I've been on and off the station. Um and most recently um I've come back on there and it's 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 all online based. They do play out the the shows on the station. So there's not like a a set time and day that you can hear me but um basically roughly once a month they will upload a show onto their youtube channel mixcloud and play it out on the radio but sometimes twice a month but usually once a month and you know the theme of my show is 
a lot of energy because <laughs> that's what I do. Um, and I, you know, I'm I'm really big into supporting the MC culture. So I always have like one one amazing MC that will join me on every show. Um, so yeah, but you can check it out on on Pyro's YouTube channel. It's probably the best place to to check out the Pyro shows. Wicked. We'll we'll link that, and any future shows will be will be sure to post as I'm sure a lot of our listeners will enjoy that as well as myself. <laughs> so, and so. we we didn't talk about the cons of the industry because that was actually a question that you asked. Do you want to go into it? Yeah, let's let's just quickly let's just brush over that real quick. Um, this industry is not easy. Okay, mm. not you know anyone getting into this industry has to know that you know. Um, yeah. I think that's. That's number one. It's not easy. You have to take a lot of knocks. You have to take a lot of doors slam being slammed into your face. Um, a lot of egos. Um, so that's the thing I do hate about the industry. Um, and it is something that you have to be very tough. You have to be tough. Mm. That's that's it. You know, you have you have to take a you have to have a tough, thick skin. It's not for the faint-hearted, you know. Uh, and I've definitely been through a lot over the years to um to get where I am. So so that would be a con, basically. Definitely. I would I'd wholeheartedly agree on that. Like I'm quite scared because I, I can feel as as I get bigger, you get more stick. And then it's like, mm -hmm. oh god. Yeah. God. And obviously, like it's things like trolling as well that you have to deal with. Um, which I've dealt with all of my career. Um, but it, you know, um I think the more more love you get, the more hate you get as well, unfortunately. So you just have to take it with a pinch of salt and um keep on your path. I love that. I love that. Yeah, they they hate us because they ain't us. <laughs> yeah, they're below us. They they could only they're only trying to. Yeah, I mean the way you've got to look at it is if anyone anyone that's um trolling anybody is clearly not not well. So, <laughs> that's it. The keyboard warriors have got their issues of their own. And you've got to look at it. If you go on if you go online and you're hating on somebody else and ripping somebody apart that you don't even know, then they're very very low. They're very low. yeah. You're a low. You're a low. Yeah, you're you're not a good person, so that's the way I look at it. And you know, I, sometimes I've seen all kinds of stuff written about me, but I just, I just like whatever. You know, the love outweighs the hate, so it's all good. That's it. You know, I think you know I could deal with fifty fifty, but I'd rather like an eighty twenty split. I'm quite, I, I have I have the resilience, but you know. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I would say mine's like ninety percent good. I, you know you get 10 percent. you're always going to get idiots oh. that have got something negative to say but I always feel like when I see negative things said about me it always sounds quite pony I'm always like well you know I'm just out here spreading love like I don't really do nothing to anybody people hating it just sound really sour so yeah. that, that they are they're, they're very unhappy in their own lives and I think yeah that, exactly so. I think that trolling is a is an issue you know obviously like football players get it and and, mm. and any, as soon as you get a certain level of status, people start to come after you. And yeah, they're like, jealous, isn't it? Oh, God, exactly. They, they they discredit your success. So if anyone listening is is struggling with trolling, at first it's very difficult to deal with. I found. So if you're struggling with anyone like that, just drop me a message, uh, or and I'll, I'll help. I'm sure I'll give you some advice. If Charlotte's more busy than me, but if she's not busy, maybe you know, I'm, I'm my inbox is open to anyone who's who's struggling with that because I remember when. When I started, there was a lot of that, and at, at first, I didn't know to take it with a pinch of salt. But as soon as I learned that, uh, I kind of relish in it now. And when someone trolls me, it kind of it's a bit fucked up. But I just block them instantly. I don't even entertain it. So that's what you've got to do: just block it, and so, just just remember that they're clearly unhappy with their own life. So yeah, that's it. Exactly. <laughs>
that's it. I think the block button is is great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have, my block list is is huge. <laughs> Mine is as well. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> on all platforms. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> so yeah yeah definitely it's probably bigger than my friend list but um <laughs> so <laughs> so uh controversial one didn't have to answer would you what who are your favorite mcs who are your favorite MCs? oh god don't ask me that because that, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is the girl that turns mcs into holograms and you know whatever okay. um, yeah. i don't i can't i can't oh, yeah, okay, are we yeah. talking about Drum and bass, garage, grime. I mean, am I allowed to split into genres? Or... <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll be fair because there's there's a lot out there and we're not discrediting yeah. any MCs. Like, it's not even fair to compare. To no, compare. I think, I think, but, yeah, I mean, I'm, like, I'm, I'm a multi-bass yeah. genre artist. So I, I play drum and bass, but I also play bass and garage and house as well. Um, so I... I work with a lot of different MCs on on you know my shows and on live sets and stuff. I've got my favorites, but there's just so there's so many. But like I guess personal preference. If I'm say drum and bass, I'd probably say GQ would Ooh. be like as a personal. If I was going when I go out, yeah, I just love his voice. <laughs> there's also like some really amazing jump up MCs like X Man, for instance. Oh, like, I was doing X Man in the shower. X Man <laughs> just yeah he's amazing he's amazing you know um but there's loads there's loads you know like recently i did a um a pyro show with Bellyman, who who again is amazing amazing lyricist like just yeah really sick there's there's a lot you know I, I, it's hard for me actually to say one but gq as a personal when i'm out you know what i mean if his voice is just legendary you know what i mean if it's not you on the decks, who would you want on the decks with? with oh, you? with me? Yeah. If it was you, back to back, or or if it was me, or, yeah, or someone. I do, I do like Bellyman. I do yeah. like, him. I like working with Bellyman, and we've done some amazing sets together. I've done hologram sessions with him. We did a pyro show recently that went off. It's had loads and loads of views. Um, I like Bellyman, and I like Maddie V as a female MC. Me and her work really, really well together. Again, we did a pyro recently that's gone off. It's had like over three million views. Um, She's amazing. I really enjoy working with Maddie. She's like got so much energy, like me. Um, But I've worked with a lot with the hologram sessions as well. I've I've done over twenty episodes and worked with so many of the MCs. So it's a tough one. (laughs) So garage, garage has got to be. It's got to be Ultra or Neat. They're, Ooh, they're my, friend. they're my favourites for Garage. Me and Ultra work together a lot, and he's got a lot of energy. So, yeah. That's it. Love the Garage scene. Yeah, man. Of course. Oh, so so tell us more about these hologram sessions. So you're recreating MCs as, as holograms. Tell us. Tell yeah. Us so um, hologram sessions started in lockdown. Um, and it was a bit of an accident, really. Um, started out with Skibbity, um, RIP. Um, and you know, he was the first, he was the first hologram I ever, first MC I ever hologrammed. Wow. It really did start off as a complete accident. Um, and yeah, it's gone on to get crazy amounts of views and I've worked with like everyone across the spectrum of, of DMB and bass and even my recent episode um, in September with Big Nasty. So that, that was the first sort of grime one that I'd done. I've done Screw Fizzer, Ira, Neat, Trigger, Belly Mat, just everybody like 
pretty much. Um, and yeah, we're, we're taking it taking it into next year with a lot of new episodes as well. And it's a completely fresh concept, you know. Nobody's still nobody's doing it, and um, yeah, it was it, it got it got a lot of people through lockdown, and yeah, we're, we're continuing the series into next year, basically. Wicked, gonna love to love to see that. Sounds like you smashed this year, um, and yeah, next year gonna be even bigger. So that's that's good. That's Hope so. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I think for drum and bass, my favorite MC. Do you know Do you know about Envy? No, I don't envy. think I've Yeah, look look into Envy. He's he's it's just Envy. He used to be called T Bags. Okay. Yeah, oh he was sick. I've seen him okay. do do some pretty good shows. Yeah, he's he's okay. nice. He's he's my favourite drum and bass. Okay. And then Grime. I, I started out as a Grime DJ like okay. nine or so years ago. And um my first gig, I had a residency in Brighton for this brand, hundred percent grime. Okay. My, my first gig was a two hour warm up set for Chipmunk. <laughs> Oh, wicked! <laughs> so this this MC, I don't know who he was, but he jumped on the mic like it's supposed to just be like an instrumental set and stuff, and he just started spitting like an hour into my set, and there was a two hour set. I was like, oh, this is so sick. <laughs> so in, in the grime space, who's who? Do you have do you have favorites there, or you're more kind of you guys you kind of um remember? yeah, like I mean, I'm not as you know, I'm not a grime DJ, so you know, it's not. 100% my scene but you know I, I respect loads of the MCs on the grime scene I mean if we're talking about sort of legendary grime artists of course Dizzy Rascal, Wiley, Lethal Bizzle those three would be my favourites I think from the Lethal Bizzle uh, top three I like that I like that That's good. yeah Le- Lethal's sick um all, all of those three those three would be my favourite grime I really like DWE as well Oh, D Double, he's a lovely guy. I like. I like yeah, him. he's cool. I like. I like D Double, um, but Chip, Chip, Chip can spit as well. He's he's sick. Chip's there's a lot. There's a lot of lot of Grimax. Of course, Big Nasty, my boy, Big Nasty, who I recently done a hologram session with. Mm-hmm. He's sick. There's a lot. There's a lot. Um, but yeah, I want to. I want to venture more into the grime scene with holograms and get more more grime MCs on board. Oh, I love that. Uh, watch the space on that. Oh, I'm excited to see some stuff there. That'll be great. Um, yeah, big fan of like Skepta. My top three yep. probably Skepta, Ice Kid, and Trim. I like Trim a lot as well. But these are yep. older. I like Skepta. I like Skepta too. Yeah. He, 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 him and Jamie were kind of my gateway into Grime, and I used to buy those This Is Dubstep CDs. And yeah, <laughs> I think it was This Is Dubstep Free. And they had um Bluku Bluku on their D double, and I was listening to yeah. it. And I was like, "This is hard." Like, it's just a, a, a CD of of dubstep instrumentals, and then there was a few grime tracks on there. I was like, "Oh my!" Got a shout out gigs as well. Like gigs, wow. gigs is the number one. Gigs is goated. Yeah, yeah sick. Yeah. Some with uh, P- I think I saw with P Diddy on on Instagram over there. I was like, "That's yeah." <laughs> Uh, yeah, like gigs is gigs is you know another legend man oh uh, yeah no there's, there's so much talent to come out of the uk in general like across genres um and i'm I'm here for all of it i'm a big like i said i'm a big supporter of, of mc culture um and i love like vibing with an mc on a set that's my thing man and you know getting the hype going and i've worked with so many it's so hard for me to pick my favorites because there's just so many so much talent Sticky, sticky first two questions. Yeah, <laughs> I know. When people always ask me that question, and I'm like, uh, oh, really that's a hard one. 
Yeah, there's there's a lot. There's so many good MCs. Like you've got Prez T. Yeah. There is. I actually did a pyro session with Vapor the other day. Wow. And he's really sick. He's really, really sick. So that's coming out soon. Um, I've got one with Swifter drop in as well. He's really good in the DMB. He's like a you know, new MMC that's doing really well. Um, but yeah, there's a lot, man. Yeah, so many MCs and like staying relevant is difficult. Like it's... Yeah. Definitely. The, the whole like thing, you know, we could even go into drill. Like, do you know what I mean? There's drill now. Like, yeah. You know, you've got Unknown T, you got Digger D. Yeah. Central C is killing it at the moment. Central like, C, yeah. Digger D. I like Digger D. I do like him. I think he's cool. He's very quirky. I like him. Heady One, you know. Yeah. Oh, he's worked with Drake, like mad crossovers in the in the UK, US scene at the moment. I think. Yeah. 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 But no, there's a, there's a lot. So I hope to one day I can get some of those guys on hologram sessions. So watch this space. We shall see. <laughs> let's, let's go. Yeah, we've got plenty of years of holograms. Ten more years of holograms. Exactly. I'm sure some sort of it's going to be amazing. So so let's go a little bit less techy on the third question. How like what are your favorite festivals you you've performed at? What favorite festivals, gigs, clubs? Um, so I had I had a really good summer of festivals. I played it a lot this uh, this summer. I think my favourite ones would be um, Outlook UK. Ooh. I did Outlook UK and that was really good. That was up in Cheshire. Yeah. And um, I played on the kicker stage and, it, yeah, it was vibey, man. I actually posted, reposted the video of me there um, yesterday. That was really good. Um, Creamfields as well. I played at Creamfields. It was a, a silent disco. The thing is, I'd never played at a silent disco before. And I was like, there's like... 10,000 people in this tent anyway, right? So what they were doing as well, like people were switching between tents on their headphones. Some of the some of the people in the tent were in one tent and some of them was in another. <laughs> so I got on and um, I was like, right, I've got some work to do here. But ba basically I got on the mic and everyone then switched onto my channel because they could see I was on the mic. And it ended up being one of my favourite sets of the summer. It was amazing. <laughs> So that was crazy. Um, and then and my um, my uh, manager was with me and he was filming and he said it was the funniest thing ever. He said all he could see, right, there was no music. Every time he took the headphones off, there was no music and all he could see was me at the front going, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and jumping like an absolute maniac at the front with his mic and going crazy to no music, jumping about. He said it was literally the funniest thing he's ever seen, so... So that was funny. Um, what else? I did loads. I did loads of festivals this summer. Um, yeah, like you said, Garage Nation. Big up Garage Nation crew. We're playing there again next year. Um, Raver Tots as well. I'm a Raver Tots resident DJ. I play all of their shows, which is just the most fun of them all, which is um, it's basically a, a kids festival, but all the adults come as well. So you get kids and adults raving together at like a big full-on adult-sized festival. So they're really cool. Love that. Um, what else did I do? Um, there was loads. Crooked in the Park, um, Outlook Croatia as well. I did Outlook Croatia, but yeah. So there's 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 been a lot. There's been a lot. Transmission. Mm. Yeah, it was a really fun. It was a really fun summer. Mm. Good, good. That sounds good. So, like at Music Workflow, we teach like DJs and music producers the basics, and I have a lot of reference points. You know, I've played in like caves and. Mm. Afro ski and big festivals. How would you read a crowd with a silent disco? What was that like? Was everyone like in their own like vibe or what? what you was know that? what? Like you just played. 
I just played. I just thought, right, this is this is silent disco, so they're going to want to sing along. <laughs> so I just got as many sing along anthems as I had. Um, I got on the mic, I got them going. So you know, anyone that wasn't switched onto my channel was like, oh, I want to know what she's saying. So they all switched on, and by the time we got into about fifteen minutes into the set, everybody was switched on. Everybody had their hands in the air. It was amazing. And oh. you would have thought that it was like a full-on rave in there. <laughs> so that was that was that was good, man. Yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that. So yeah, if anyone's tuned in and you've been booked for a silent disco, take Charlotte's advice. Like play. Yeah, thing. you just need to make sure you got all the hands in the air anthem. <laughs> and um, yeah, just go for it, man. Just act like it's a normal rave. Just put your headphones on and go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So that that's good to know. That's good to know for anyone getting booked for silent discos. Um, so yeah, let's, let's throw it all the way back then. So how, how, uh, how did you get into DJing? Were you self-taught? Did someone teach you what, how long it was about 10 years, 10 plus years ago? Yeah. So, um, basically I started out in the industry as a dancer, um, many years ago, uh, we were in probably the most famous, I was in the, probably the most famous dance troupe in drum and bass ever really, um, called the Nani Shakers. And we used to do like mostly drum and bass but we also did garage um and a few other bit things as well but in drum and bass we were we were big um so that was my entrance point and I met a lot of DJs um through that um and decided that I wanted to start DJing very early on actually um so I, you know I got my first pair of 12 10s and started practicing way back before I even played in clubs way 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 back um and then um my partner um Fabio um Fabio and Groove Rider he um he taught me to DJ um I also had lessons from Randall uh Mark from Rat Pack a few a couple of other legends that helped me along the way and yeah, yeah so like Fabio was the one that really taught me though and I think like when I was learning to DJ though it wasn't like it is now it was really hard you know you had to really learn to beat match you had there wasn't no sync or anything like that and you know I was there it took me a long time to learn you know um and not just that like it took me a long time to have the courage to play in clubs as well you know it wasn't just like learning to actually mix it was having the confidence and and learning the trade you know that took that took time um but one thing I think I've always been good at is selecting and I've always I, you know I'm a big muso so like I've always known how to get people going whether I was a shit mixer or whether whatever at the start you know I've always known how to get the crowd hype um but yeah that's the, that's how it started and I actually like when I first started DJing I was playing um I sort of started my journey in in the west end really and i was playing like residences all over the west end doing long sets sometimes playing all night um but i was also lucky enough to be in a sort of first wave of female djs to come out of the uk um at the time um and so i was traveling a lot um because I, I started out playing like more on the hip-hop and edm side of things and house so yeah i was i was in a first wave that, and so we were going to like Asia and India and Europe a lot at the start. So I was lucky on that respect. But at the same time, I was I was putting in the hours working in the West End, 
doing long long ass sets you know and that's that's where i really did learn my trade which i think i think sometimes that's missing from djs these days you know i think like sometimes um djs will get thrown in and just like they get big gigs very very early you know mm, you do see that the ones that burn yeah. a bit too bright straight away and then kind yeah. of yeah definitely that's i'm grateful for the rate of my growth because it's been like, yeah. I think I think it's important to have the struggles and oh, yeah. put the DJ for free and you know do do the struggle because sometimes I think like if you don't then you can become too complacent and not appreciate it when you do get the good stuff happening you know exactly exactly like when I when I started mixing I I obviously did my grime that went well and then I kind of went into jump up started doing squat raves and stuff and. Um, all my mixes were doing really well straight away and I was like, oh fuck, like what did I do that was like that that got it that made it go viral when I just had a big ego for like the first two years of my career, which was terrible. And yeah. I did I did a few gigs with like Hazard and Mephius and then after a while I was like, I don't really know if drum and bass is the right scene for me. So I went to house and I've just had drum and bass in the back of my mind like since then. So just working on my production, making some jump up jungle track stuff like that and you know drum and bass is like it's where i came from you know and obviously like with my partner being fabio for so many years he created the scene so i've always had it like it's in my blood it's around me um um and you know being a dancer in the scene so many years ago i met everybody and, and it's like a family you know um so it's always been there but i haven't always played it um until lockdown, I wasn't playing full drum and bass sets, really. I was, yeah, it, it sort of just happened, really, in lockdown. So, yeah, I've really got back into playing D&B, and I've got some D&B releases coming out next year. And You know, very naturally, I've got a quite a big D&B following again now. So, but the scene's amazing, you know. There's not another scene like it. It really is a family thing. Um, you know, when I started out, it was, it was all about peace love and unity and that's how i try and live my life really love that love that um yeah wicked i remember seeing videos of you know of how fabio started you know with the vinyl and stuff and uh you know the, the, it was more difficult back then and and the focus was more kind of on the selection of, of tracks i really like that mm -hmm. i'd say what, what 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 we teach at, at music workplace like is selections like 80 percent of it it's so important it's more about the tracks that you play what do you play them in yeah the, like I, you know I, I personally as a dj i i mean it's it's down to the individual obviously but you know uh personally i'm all about selection you know I, I i don't go in for any mad fancy like double dropping or anything like that really i just i'm just all about clean mixing and amazing music selection that's me um, and in a, in a, innovative <laughs> um, selections, you know, different. I like to mix the old with the new. And I think that's because I come from back in the day, you know, when I was into DMB, when I was heavily into it and on the scene all the time, I, I brought those tunes in to today and I mix it up with like some of the new bangers and there is some amazing music around. Mm -hmm. Some really sick, sick tunes. So that's that's how I like to play. Um, I think... Yeah. I think the scene is is starting to become a bit easier to break into since this whole TikTok. Like you've got people making one track and coming out of nowhere. Like 
you know, unglued, made like one tune and then he, he just came on the radar. Then you got that lewd guy who made one tune yeah. and people like... Got... No, definitely. I mean, if you're lucky enough to... I mean, TikTok is, is, is hard, isn't it? So, And I find on TikTok as well, like, sometimes I'll get a video that will go completely crazy. Like, some of my pyro sessions, I've had like a million plus views oh. on. But then sometimes you put a video up and you get nothing and you're like... No, oh, this is this is weird. TikTok's a funny, <laughs> yeah. funny animal, I think. It so is. I think you've got to be lucky on TikTok um, for a tune to go go get big. I think everyone's trying it, aren't they? So. Literally, it's it's just like roll, <laughs> roll the dice, see see what happens. The al- it's the algorithm, and like you can yeah, it's all about algorithms. You know what I mean? Because you've got to be so consistent with it. So if you're not consistent and you haven't got one niche on there, I think it's quite hard. Mm. You know? yeah. So it's quite hard to keep up with it, really. But yeah, TikTok is TikTok is um, one of the reasons I think drum and bass has had huge res- mm. not resurgence because it's always been big. You know yeah. what I mean? Drum and bass has never not been big, but I think it's bigger than it's ever been right now. And oh, like yeah. there are people from outside of the scene that are, are getting into it, so it's it's a highly competitive market as well at the moment. Oh yeah, it, I, so, I think, yeah definitely. I mean, it's not easy. I, it's it's by far not easy. Do you know what I mean? To get into. But it's got a very, very loyal fan base. Yes. Um, Hardcore yes. fan base. You know, it's been going since the 90s, like with the jungle era. And yeah, the- and I'm finding like, as I've started, like since lockdown, since I've started playing full DMB sets again, I've got new fans, but I've also got all the people that remember me from the Nani Shaker days back wow. in the day. So... Yeah, and it is, it's very—it's a very strong force, drum and bass. So I think if you're playing drum and bass, like like me, I play, like I say, I play multi-genre. I do play garage and bass and stuff as well and house. But ugh, the drum and bass scene is, is, is a strong force. Definitely. The fans are very passionate. They're very yeah. passionate. So yeah. I've got to shout out, shout out the DMB Massive, man, because, yeah. Shout out all the drums. They're, nice, they're, they're a nice bunch. Yeah, definitely. I think I think you can't really match the energy of it as well. Like it's, no. it's so high energy and, and yeah. it's all different. Yeah. just tick tick all different boxes, don't they? You know, you've got. I think for what I do as well, you know, I'm a very high energy DJ. I come from a um, performance background. You know, I started, like I said, I started out as a dancer. I've been um, trained. I'm a trained actress. I'm trained in everything on that level. So, you know, I put that into my performances. It's a very kind of natural thing for me. And I think like drum and bass, um, it just sends me into the next level of energy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. I do I do love a bit of garage though. Garage is good. I love garage. I love garage. I love garage. I love bass line. I love house. Real. You know, I love all different types of music. Um, you know, I enjoy playing all different types of music. So I would never pigeonhole myself as one genre, but... The base is where it, you know, my heart is. Oh, I love that. So, um, so like emerging as a DJ, how long did it take you to get your first gig, and what challenges did you face? And as you kind of grew bigger and bigger, what were like the key kind of things that that made you successful? Um, as I said um, before, um, I started out in sort of London's West End. And I was, you know, I was playing like regular slots there. But my first ever gig as such, like in a club was actually in Greece. Wow. So I used to have a MySpace page back in the day. Mm-hmm. And um, that was the only, at that time, that was the only social media site 
um, oh. and I had on my page that I was a DJ because I was on the radio at the time. I was on Invincible Radio and I was on, actually on Pyro. I used to do spot play, spot shows on Pyro. And um, a promoter from Greece, who I'm still friends with to this day, and I actually did a gig for him in the summer. i just gone. Um, he saw that I was a DJ. And like, as I was saying, like back then, we're talking like it was about 07, 08. You know, there wasn't that many female DJs around, um, especially in like the sort of commercial scene, like the hip hop and EDM and house scene. There wasn't really that many female DJs. So he saw that I um, I was a DJ on the radio at the time. Yeah. And he was like, oh, you know, I've got this club in, in Athens and it's really amazing. And, and at the time I was playing drum and bass on the radio. So... Um, uh, that's what, what I started playing but I was too scared to play in clubs and I was always like oh just too nervous and I'd, I'd been offered a few gigs but never wanted to do it I was too because at the time it was vinyl you know there wasn't even CDJs so I was like too nervous I didn't feel confident enough mm. so then he this promoter um, his name's Stavros he he was like look I, I run like the best hip-hop night in in Athens and it's in this amazing club by the by the sea you know do you want to come and play and I, so I was like, yeah, okay. And, you know, I've got these dancers that I work with as well. Um, obviously having the, the dance group originally and, you know, they dance alongside me when I DJ. And again, there was nobody doing that at the time either. I was sort of one of the first people that I ever knew of to have a DJ dancer combo thing going on. Um, so, yeah, we went out to Athens and we did the show. I think it was July 2007. Um, and, yeah. That was it, really. That was the first gig, but um, that was a lucky that was a lucky thing that that I got. But aside from that, you know, I grafted. You know, I grafted yeah. in the West End. I was playing up there a few nights a week. You know, long sets in between being able to travel a lot as well. You know, there you go. There you that go. was that was that was how it started. Um, so yeah, I've I've had a very multi genre career so far. Uh, but, it's, but it's all come right back full circle to the drum and bass scene where it first started for me, like yeah. sort of 20 years ago, basically. So, yeah. Amazing. Can't get away from the drum and bass. <laughs> oh, man. I think once you're in the family, and I've said this I've said this countless times before, once you're in the family, that's it. You know what I mean? You can go off and do other things. You can go off and play other genres. You can go off and explore other things, but the family's always there. And it is like that for me. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, very, very inclusive community that's mm -hmm. so so yeah, that that again touching on what you just said, like something that, that some of our students struggle with is that initial confidence, you know, they get like stage fright, just getting yeah. on the stage. It something. happens yeah. at first, you know. It does it does take a few years to kind of become confident. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it does, you know, nothing is instant. And I think like that's the problem with the today because of social media and because there are so many artists that come in and out so quickly like it's like you know they'll get their five minutes of fame and then they, nobody hears from them again and it does happen a lot a lot more than it used to so people are not doing their the graft and having to work their way up they get this explosion of uh popularity fame whatever so you don't do the years of learning the trade and, and getting through the kind of nervous side of things because mate when I first started you know I used to have to have a drink every set 
go on stage. I was always so nervous, but it went after a while, you know. That's good. That's yeah. that's it's something. Can... It's something that you have to just get through. It's it's the process, you know. The process, yeah. Don't don't look for any shortcuts. Like obviously, no. you can work with music workflow and get your skills up to scratch, but <laughs> save your time. No, hundred percent. You get you get any skills right, and then being a professional DJ is two completely different things. Yeah, you can learn to mix, but be, becoming an entertainer and becoming a confident entertainer and professional artist is, you know, it takes time. Yeah. There's no shortcuts to that. You can shortcut getting success from music or whatever, online numbers or whatever, but, you know, that experience of being good at what you do and being confident is something that you just have to graft that unfortunately that's it exactly but once you're there the once the hard work's done then you're, yeah you're yeah proper and proper. some people never get over it this is the thing it really is a, a personal thing like everybody's different yeah but I, I, the advice i would always give is just to not put pressure on yourself and just enjoy the process you know mm. that's great advice there you go guys take anything away from that no pressure and um yeah enjoy the process that's that's the secret really because then if you're enjoying the process and you're getting better over time and um you know you're enjoying... yeah, i think as well like and i had this said to me a few years ago and it's so true and i always say this to people is that sometimes yeah when you've got a goal and a dream sometimes the the journey is more fun sometimes than the actually getting there not always but you know you have to always enjoy the journey you might feel like it's a struggle but it's it's part of it you know and some it sometimes it is really fun you know working hard towards something that you really want and 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 all the ups and downs along the way you know you have to you have to enjoy the process because it's so hard you know so that's something to really take on board. Exactly. Yeah, I've heard that quite a lot. Like, just to repeat what you said, like, you know, get the 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 um, you know, the journey, and then and then getting there. Like, a lot of people say they achieve their goal, and then they're like, oh, now what? Like, I've achieved everything. Yeah, I I feel exactly like that. Like, okay, I've done all these things. Yeah, I still feel. I still feel like I've got so much more to do, so much more to prove, so many poor, so many things that I want to do. Yeah. Exactly. But you know um it's a, it's, a yeah. great, it's a great feeling though isn't it it's so fulfilling doing what you love as a job and um you know when you do achieve a goal that you've been working years for it's like such a relief yeah it is but you you can always feel like you can do more do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. yeah you do have to pat yourself on the back that's another thing i think is really important is to pat yourself on the back and you know um enjoy good things that happen enjoy success definitely celebrate like it, it's yeah setting all these crazy goals like even if you get close you know celebrate that and go again it's just yeah. Like, yeah and not always things don't always work out as well this is the other thing like 95 percent of things might not work out <laughs> but it's that five percent that you you know you, you you keep going for yeah 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 you might get 100 no's but then the next one might be yes and then exactly so never give up basically and keep grafting it's the, the age-old formula of success is just putting the hard work and you know don't stop basically yeah 
So, so yeah. How about uh, tour? Any fun tour stories? Any fun going on tour? Like, oh, any... loads, loads of stories. What do you want to know? Well, let's hear. Let's hear one of your best. Some of your best ones, and then yeah, that'll be good. Go on. I'm not sure. They... <laughs> Is it <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. It depends on what you want to know. I mean, <laughs> uh, there's been some. There's been a lot of crazy ones. <laughs> um, all right, I'll tell you about. I'll tell you about um my first tour in China back in 2009. Right, I I went to China for the first time, and I went with two dancers. As I said, I started the first one of the first that I know of, sort of DJ and dancers kind of show. And we went to we went to China back in two thousand and nine, and I'd been to Asia a few times, but I'd never been to China, and it was definitely an experience to say the least. Um, I th- I lost about a stone and a half during that two weeks. <laughs> it was like the food was like interesting to say the least. It was yeah at that time. I mean, I'd never seen anything like it. I'd never seen food quite like it. Like there was fried hamster and crabs oh ovaries and brains and 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 you know it yeah it, it was a very it was it was a crazy trip that was it, it was crazy oh, crab ovaries there you go uh, if you go to um china you know you know what get to eat now as well <laughs> yeah china's a very interesting place i've got to say um and we got stared at a lot out there, you know. I don't think they're a lot of the places we went to, they're not really used to seeing like foreign people of any colour. Oh my god. So that was that was that was interesting. But uh, I've done a lot of a lot of extensive touring of Asia. So I've had some good times out in Asia in Bali, Malaysia. Um yeah, a lot of lot of drunken tours. <laughs> a lot of crazy times, you know what I mean? Um but yeah the china that first china tour was just insane like i just remember looking at the menus on the some of the first nights we went out for dinner i was just like oh my god you know i'd never seen anything like that before and i'm 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 a veggie vegan as well and i remember like asking for like you know like i'd order vegetables and it'd come like stuffed with ham (laughs) everything was like was that I mean, it's, I think probably things have changed quite a lot since then. You know, it's a long time ago now. So, but, but yeah, so that's that was funny. That's funny. Yeah, I've heard some stories about uh, China. So but yeah, I mean, um, I've had some great times over the years oh. uh, touring. Um, obviously, since COVID, haven't been touring so much. You know, haven't haven't done as many um, abroad gigs. Mm. Yeah, it's been weird, hasn't it? But you've adapted. Yeah. You've got your your hologram thing, which is yeah, weird. yeah. I mean, um, it's starting to open up now. Like I'm going to India for New Year's Eve. Oh, wicked! That's yeah. Sweet. So that's going to be cool, and that's that's the first time I've been to Asia since the pandemic because yeah. it's kind of starting to open up over there again. And and I'm, I'm you know I'm looking to make some more memories. So watch this space. Watch this space. And um, anything about being a female in industry? How's that been? Has that been positive? Mostly? Um, no, that's a. Yeah, that's quite a lengthy subject. Um, you know, I have obviously been in the industry a long time and have gone from like being around when there wasn't, if you're just talking about DJs, right? I've gone from being a one of a few female DJs to now 
being in an industry where there's a lot more, which is great. So I'm, I'm, I've always been a big um, advocate for more females in the industry, especially now I'm sort of more strictly bass music, um, getting more, more women in the bass music um, arena because I feel like there isn't, still is not enough. Um, I think things are getting a lot better. I think they're a lot better, but I still think it's still very male dominated, you know. So I've yeah, I've, I've had my struggles, put it that way. I've definitely had my struggles. Um, a woman in business as well, being a woman, uh, I, like I said, I work behind the scenes as well, and it's 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 hard, you know. It's 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 definitely hard harder being a woman. Um, and I, I would love to see in the coming in coming years, women not just booked for tokenism. It's not not in every case it happens, but it does happen a lot. So yeah. I, would love, I would love to see that less of that. Yes. I'd love to see more women headliners. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to see less women at the bottom of the lineups and moved up a bit, and you know, given a bit more love and respect for who they are, not just because they're women. Yeah, no, I've, I've definitely had my struggles. Definitely, you know, um, it's not easy. Mm. I'd say the ga- the garage and bass scene is even worse than drum and bass scene. I'd say like they have a lot of work to do uh, with regards to booking more women. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go, garage and bass scene. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then, um, yeah, just to to wrap things up, have you got any other advice for like upcoming DJs, producers, anything else you haven't said that you? Um, just be patient. Mm. work on your craft don't expect everything straight away you know Mm. um don't get disheartened if things don't happen straight away and you know be true to your craft and i think if you are and you really enjoy what you're doing then you will have success but it's it's tough and and enjoy the process as i said you know that's that's my advice lovely all right so yeah it's been lovely having you on as a guest like that was a wicked podcast so maybe we'll have you on again in the future and um yeah thanks for listening guys i'll leave all of charlotte's links down below for her radio shows tiktok instagram and uh, anything else she wants me to include i'll add that in there as well (laughs) so thanks for listening guys we're signing out now so yeah big up thank you everybody